Uh, can you tell us really quick your uh, Hillary Clinton story? Yeah, I mean, she was going around and taking selfies. So then she came by and we locked eyes. You know, she took my phone, which I don't remember because when we actually locked eyes, it was the most supernatural, weird thing. Basically, her eyes just all turned black. Oh, and, Jesus. And I was when I kind of like gained consciousness again. And she was like, stay there. Don't move. I yeah, it was it took a long time for me to kind of wrap my head around what may or may not have happened wow. there, but something weird is definitely up with that woman and for yeah. sure. purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. Welcome to Cash Daddies, where banking fatties, even in this crazy market. Join me as always from the from the space station, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you, Johnny? I'm okay, man. It's uh, it's been a it's been a gnarly week though. The markets did not not happy this week. Got crypto too, Bitcoin especially seems to be following the market down, you know. And it's uh, I really you remember when they used to kind of operate independent of each other, or at least a little more independent. And now it, that's just over with. It seems that they're tied together now. That now that we got institutional investors, yeah. in crypto, they yeah. follow the markets much yeah. more closely, and that's disappointing. And in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of duck hunting season, Howie Dewey. Yeah, what's going on, man? How are you? <laughs> what's that? I've been up here what's talking that? to what's myself what's... since last Friday. Last Friday, I'm up here just fucking fighting. Nah. The Jesus. What's yeah, that? it's wild up here, man. There's just birds. And I ran into six huge turkey today. I tried to grab one, snap its leg because I got to eat. I got to eat up here in I the wilderness. That you're hunting with your hands, bro. That's great. Yeah. So how was your week, Howie? It was a good, you know what? As far as the market goes, it's just we're fighting. We're fighting. I went in yesterday. I finally went in with some of the profits I made last week on uh, Devon Energy and Home Depot, and I bought some SMH, which is a semiconductor industry, which has been pounded, <laughs> slapped, smacked around, and it dropped another 3% today. So that to me, I think I'm going to bank on that. Uh, you know, uh, one of the stocks that I own and have a call on Meta, this uh, absolute low life coward analyst from I think it's Atlantic Securities. The stock was at 141 three days ago. It it hit like 127 today, and this just fucking immature child came out and downgrades the stock after it drops to its yearly low which this is some of the this is, these are some of the analysts that we used to want to kill when I was in Wall Street I shouldn't say kill give them a beating uh but you know it's like why didn't you downgrade this shit last week man why do you wait until it's in an all-time loan down because what's going to happen it's going to bounce back up right now and then this asshole is going to put a strong buy on it when it's up another 20%. That's why analysts are the worst. Don't follow any analysts. It's always good if you own the stock, they upgrade it, you bank fatties. But what a douchebag call this guy made. And it dropped two points, but I still feel good about Meta. I really do. 
I mean, overall, Meta, like, Facebook. Well, I don't know I, what's going on with them? Well, I will say Meta had a big event today. They had their uh, Meta Connect, and they announced a new premium uh, VR headset, fifteen hundred dollars. It's they called the uh, Quest Pro, fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, it's the their last device was about three ninety nine, three something, three seventy five, something like that. So it's you know eleven hundred dollars more than their last device, but it's got a lot of high end features and. Uh, they're they're putting a lot of marketing energy behind it. I'm already seeing uh, it's blasted all over YouTube. So we'll see. I just can't imagine. I it seems like it's targeted more. It's called Meta. It's called Quest Pro. So it seems like it's targeted more at you know the professional environment. Uh, one of the big selling points is this uh, interactive meeting that you can do, like an interactive conference room where you're in a room around a conference table with people. Now, I don't understand why you just wouldn't go to an actual room and stand around a conference table with people. But uh, that's their future, you know, that's the, their vision for the future. And this seems like the big first step uh, toward that. So we'll see. Donnie, have you been in the metaverse? Well, it depends on what you mean. I mean, if you mean like interacting with people in VR where they have avatars representing themselves. Yeah, I mean, Duncan Trussell was doing that shit. Brian Redman was doing that shit years ago. Brian Redman is still doing that shit. Yeah, but I mean, they've been doing it for a long time now, if that's what you mean by that. But I don't Brian think that's quite the metaverse. Red hair and big tits. That's what he loves in the metaverse. Yeah. You can find that? Yeah, Brian Redman's always, he's, he always does these late night Redman shows in the metaverse. Yeah, that's what <laughs> they said. His the Japanese big... girlfriend. The big attraction is is supposedly you can put the headset on and go to like any comedy show you want to. I don't know. Oh yeah, they do. Uh, I think it was Gotham that had they would have like a weekly uh, show in in uh, VR. And yeah, now, cool. I mean, it's it's limited. They also do a weekly NBA game in VR, which that's really cool. You can kind of choose. You're at, you're either at the at mid court, right on the sideline, or you're like right at the first level so you can see more of the action but it's dude once that become once the fidelity on that gets to near reality levels where you can't see the individual pixels it that's going to be so awesome man to be able to just sit courtside at a game forget about it you'll love right. it sam you you will absolutely once it gets to that point sam you'll do it you'll absolutely do i guarantee you it'll be interesting um yeah there's a few different pieces of news out there one thing i'll tell you i'll say right now is uh, you know, all you hear is negative news on the market. And I haven't looked at my IRA in like two weeks because I'm like, I'm getting smashed. I, I made some sales a few weeks ago and I went in hard on uh, a Caterpillar, Deer, Plug, NVIDIA. I went hard on NVIDIA again, um, dollar cost averaging down and the TQQQ, which is uh, three times the NASDAQ. So, uh, I'm talking to my girl today and she's like, I want to see your IRA. And I'm like, this isn't going to be good. So I pulled it up and the number is way down from where it was. But I, I pulled up three stats because it gives you, it gives you like a little chart. Fidelity does in the last two years, my IRA is up 402.16% in the last two years. In the last year um, or year to date right now, year to date, I'm still up. 21% year to date. And I think the S&P is down about 35%. NASDAQ down near 40. In the past year, 365 days, I'm up 121.49%. Now, if you ask how that's possible, 
It's real easy. This is a buy and sell market. You can't buy and hold in this market because if I had just bought and hold everything over the past two years, I'd be down 30, 40% right now. Just so like hold the- on. You were up 400%. Now you're down. Now you're only up 20%. No, just for the year. Okay. I'm up in the past two years till where the market is now. My IRA is up 400%. Remember, I, I, uh, I mean, I made a few calls early on with Tesla and a few other things. Um, but I'm up 400% last two years. I'm up 121.49% in the past year. And this year, even though the market's taken a beating and my stuff right now is down, I'm still up 21% just because uh, it's called money management. It's, it's you know, when you hit a certain point or you, you think you've uh, made a nice 30, 40% profit, sell. Do you put all that money back into another investment? Hell no. You put what you made on it, the profit you made on it, and the rest you keep in cash. So up until uh, two weeks ago, I, I had still had 22% cash, which kind of saved me. So I showed her these numbers, and she was like, wow. you know." Uh, and then she checked her IRA, which is basically in a lot of funds, and you know she's down 28% for the year. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think that's why I like this podcast, because I think slowly, and it does take years, but we're trying to get across to the readers that, you know, you can take profits and money goes into the money market, which is cash. And you sit patiently and wait for the next thing, you know, by using stop losses and things like that. You don't take the beating that, say, the S&P, the Nasdaq, the Dow has taken this year. And I looked over my even though I wasn't happy because I've taken a beat down in the last two weeks, I'm still beating the S&P the NASDAQ, just by doing those, you know, small little things, not getting greedy, taking a profit. Right on. So that was a, that was an interesting day we had today with that. The other thing, what do you think of this, Johnny? Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash. It's about to bring this up. Rush today. Crush today. And I think this is the media fucking fucking off. Because they're blaming it on uh, the White House. Yeah, I saw that. Labor rule. And basically what they're doing, Sam, is, you know, these are gig. They're classified under gig jobs. And the White House is saying, well, we're going to look in, look into it. And this happened during the, uh, the Obama, the Trump administration, all of them. And basically they're going to look into it and say, hey, maybe these guys should be full-time employees with benefits, blah, blah, blah. And all these stocks were down. 11, 12% today, but an analyst came out and had a great point. He said, this isn't, these aren't laws. This is, this has been going on for the past 12 years. He said, they're not going to change shit. And you got Uber down to 2450 down 11% today. If that's not a hell of a buy right now, I don't know what is. I mean, that's an opportunity to buy. Well, you know, they, they've been doing that, that independent contract. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's yeah. very interesting. You know, there's 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 arguments on both sides. You know, we know where else went through this. Strippers in L.A. wanted to unionize. And some of them were very pissed because they didn't want to unionize because they wanted to work whatever hours they want, show up whenever they want and stuff like that. So there is an argument on both sides um, on why why they should be contracted or they should be independent contractors. The, the most interesting one is the UFC, obviously. 
That's the most interesting because they're trying to say that they're independent contractors when they tell them like what, what, who they're fighting, when they're fighting, how much they're fighting for and uh, whether they can wear uh, uh, logos on their, their gear. And I understand the business model. And I think Dana White is an amazing business person. And every time I've ever met him, he's been nothing but nice. Uh, But that is a weird thing. Like, I mean, are you skirting around? Are you getting all the benefits of having regular employees without paying the without having to pay yeah. regular employee prices? So they're in- not independent contractors unless you have your own management and your 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 own company. You're you're not you're not independent, man. They work for the UFC. That's that's a company they it's work interesting, for. Interesting, dude. Well, I mean, isn't, aren't aren't like like WWE wrestlers? Aren't they independent contractors too? Which is even more ridiculous. I, I mean, that shit's literally they, scripted. I don't think they are anymore. I think they all work for the WWE. I do think the the fighters deserve a union because it's not just boxing. Uh, anybody can throw a boxing match. I, no, I think they, throw- well, this is two years ago, but they were at least as of two years ago. I can't find anything more recent than that, but WWE. Yeah, that's what it's it says. Publicly right? traded. It's a publicly traded company. So I don't see how the fuck they, uh, they, let's see. they gotta be employees. Well, you know, and the reason I think you're right uh, about this being the media dropping the ball is because the only reason this came up is because a judge came out and reinstated a rule that they were trying to block the Biden yeah. White House was trying to block that makes it easier for them to be classified as contractors rather than employees. So it was just it was just that it was something yeah. that was actually making it more likely that they're contractors than employees. That was the news item here. And they no, just kind of why that's why I, I think, think you're right. Uber, Uber today is a this this is one of these situations where I think somebody's going to buy a chunk of it today, tomorrow, the next day, and make a lot of money. You know, I had a business idea. My girl and I had an idea like two years ago. And we we were thinking about pulling off. We were going to have a company where we put a a like a bulletproof glass between the front seat I'm listening. And, the, and the back seat. Okay? And the drivers were going to be topless women and we were going to call it boober uh and i think in new york city i think you know you're charging it's a flat fee you know if you're going less than five miles is that legal you're gonna pay pay 150 bucks you know we're gonna have go around topless no no in the you know you're just gonna have a topless driver you know maybe women I mean, like, dude, here's my problem with that. I, I, if I if this was Shark Tank, I would be, I'm out. What because about Bo- Boober? It's seven yeah. to six, by the way. Get the fuck out. Oh, of shit. Here. Yeah. Johnny, get out of here. What just happened? Olsen just homered. Three run shot. Damn. This could, this could One out. Bottom of the, two outs, bottom of ninth, though. So they're probably going to lose. But, oh, they just, uh, no, that's two outs. Okay. Two outs, bottom of ninth. So anyway, Sam, why don't you uh, but by the way, idea. WWE performers is what they call them are independent contractors. So UFC's got no shot as long as as long as wrestlers who get told yeah. when and where yeah. and who wins and loses, the UFC's you. never getting it. That's Johnny, do we have any questions? Uh, yeah, we do. I wanted to get to one other, two other things actually. One, this is a real quick item. Google is going to start accepting crypto payments for cloud services early next year. I think that's kind of interesting. And I if think they that's ex- a great thing for yeah, crypto. me too, me too. Yeah, they yeah. signed a deal with Coinbase, right? 
That's exactly right. Yeah, they're going to yeah. do it through Coinbase. That's right. And then the other thing was, did you guys see Michael Burry going after Kathy Wood? It was great. It was a. Uh... And I love what he said. He said, Kathy Wood came out, Sam, and said, you know, the Fed's killing us. The Fed doesn't know what they're doing. They're raising rates. They're going to kill everybody. And Michael Burry said, for a lady whose fund is down fucking 91%, I don't think you should be giving advice to anyone. That's what he said. <laughs> He fucking just put it down her throat. I love her teeth, though. He said that. He said for a woman, for he goes for a lady who whose fund is down ninety two percent. You've basically put everybody in the ground. You you should not be giving advice to anyone. (laughs) Do we want to go to the interview now, Sam? Sure. Okay. You you're gonna do that, or yeah. Oh, you want me to introduce her? Yeah, sure. I mean, we not you already introduced her, but just say like enjoy. I do. We've been getting some great guests and enjoy the interview. Guys, times are tough. Fuel prices are through the roof. The cost of food is insane and people have even started to lose their homes. But there can be a massive positive to this because recessions are where more wealth is made than in any other time in the economic cycle. Take the last recession, for example, those who invested in property and stocks more than doubled their money in less than two years. But no market rose like crypto where people made 10x, 50x, even 100 times over the same period. That's what James McMahon did. On his Crypto with James YouTube channel, he told his 21,000 subscribers to invest in the same 26 coins that he did. Had you invested $100 in each, you'd have been in profit more than $123,000. His top pick of the year, a crypto called Phantom, went up a staggering 692 times. Remember, this is public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify it yourself. James will be sharing every coin he buys during this recession on his Copy My Crypto membership site. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest. You simply copy along. So, to join the 2,800 members who copy James, go to copymycrypto.com Sam. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash S-A-M. It's your call. You can thrive in this recession or be a victim. Go and visit the site and read every word. All right, so let's get into it. Very excited to have this next guest on. I found her on Twitter. Her Twitter is fire. She may or may not have seen Hillary. Uh, see, may or may not have seen Hillary Clinton shapeshift. Pre, please welcome Heidi Briones. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much, Sam. Happy to be here. Well, honor and a privilege. Thanks for joining Cash Daddies. Uh, I love your Twitter. It's pure fire. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, can you tell us really quick your uh, Hillary Clinton story? Because I think it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, pretty simple. I was at her rally um, in Phoenix and I was up front Um she was going around and taking selfies. That was something she was doing at the time. And so she would basically come and grab your phone and try to take a selfie. I say try because she would usually fail. And then she'd hand it to a staff member and then they would take the <laughs> selfie. Um, so most of them are not real selfies. Um, so then she came by and we locked eyes. And, you know, she took my phone, which I don't remember because when we actually locked eyes, it was the most like supernatural weird thing that happened where basically her eyes just all turned black. Um, Oh Jesus. And I was just like, and I basically blacked out. And when I kind of came back to, I I mean, I guess it's just a few seconds later, I was, I was physically actually in a little bit different location. (laughs) Like I was like kind of closer to her 
and I was kind of reaching to get my phone back um, when I kind of like gained consciousness again. And she was like, stay there. Don't move. I guess when I was blacked out, I was trying to be like, actually, give me my phone back. <laughs> like, you, you like crazy person um, that just took my phone. Um, she was handing it to the staff and she's like, stay put, stay there. And then Secret Service is like, don't move um, around me. Um, and then they took the picture and they handed it back to me. But I, yeah, it was it took a long time for me to kind of wrap my head around what may or may not have happened wow. there. But something weird is definitely up with that woman and for yeah. sure are your <laughs> eyes are your eyes darker today than they were the day that you took that picture because you have very dark eyes uh no my eyes change colors i have one of the oh like, really like yeah i'm like one of the one percent of people that actually has gray eyes which gray eyes are actually kind of like hazel eyes but they change from like gray to blue to turquoise to yeah so Wow. Actually, I do have color changing eyes depending on what I'm wearing and the lighting and everything else. I love yeah. it. I love it. Fun <laughs> facts. Fun facts. So Heidi, Fun story. this is a uh, financial podcast and yeah. you know, I saw you were asking to jump on some. So I, yeah. you know, this is a wonderful opportunity for us to have someone like you on. Um, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to become, why you want to guest on some financial podcast? Yeah, of course. I mean, my name's Heidi Brionis. Like I mentioned, I currently live in Portland, Oregon. I'm actually from uh, Orange County, California. Uh, grew up there, uh, but I've lived all over pretty much. I mean, I've lived in um, Santa Cruz for college, and then I uh, went to Taiwan and taught English um, as a second language. I actually read the book Four Hour Work Week, and uh, he talked part of it about uh, you know traveling and figuring out you know what you want to do now rather than a delayed um, you know retirement type of situation. And one thing I wanted to do was travel and teach English, and I figured do it while I was young. So uh, that's part of my journey. I did that for about a decade. I taught English in Taiwan, South Korea, uh, San Francisco, LA, uh, Arizona as well. Uh, I was getting a PhD in applied linguistics at Northern Arizona University, and I uh, absolutely hated it. And so I dropped out and I had to figure out, you know, how to make money. Um, and I didn't have really the skills since I had been a teacher and an academic most of my professional life. Uh, but I did know that I was good at sales. I had had a few sales jobs uh, in the past and did really well. So I decided to just go full speed ahead and learn sales and business and figure out how to market myself. And that's part of my story there is um, now I own my own business. I did have you know a stint in politics, obviously, in between. But I own my own business now where I help small businesses and startups with business development, uh, you know, currently working for a startup that finds engineers for other startups uh, using arbitrage and the global economy. So, yeah, I really was interested in talking to more people about how, you know, people like myself who are maybe, you know, kind of traditional like academics, have a lot of school debt, um, you know, maybe don't know how to make money, maybe don't think that they can. Um, can actually, you know, have their own business, have side hustles, uh, figure out sales, figure out marketing, and do their own thing and be financially free because we can't really depend on pensions and, you know, stable um, incomes and jobs anymore. So interested in chatting with you guys and seeing if I can drop any knowledge. Well, I love do you it. Think, 
do you think, because I really think your teaching background, um, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, but I think anyone that comes, because I come from a teaching background, I think that turns over to sales because I think if you can teach kids, yeah, I mean, selling something <laughs> not that hard. You're dealing with 30 kids in a room. <laughs> you're, you're selling some shit right there, man. I mean, you got to sell. You got to tell kids, look, you know, uh, how to wipe their asses, how to read, how to tie their shoes, why daddy ran off with the secretary. I mean, <laughs> you're like, that's a lot of different shit you got to do. So don't you think coming out like sales is not hard compared to teaching? Oh, yeah. I mean, sales is teaching. You nailed it on the head. I mean, you have to get buy in from your students constantly. You have to change, you know, and iterate in your head what you're going to say based on what they're saying. And, and oh, this isn't working. Let me switch yeah. and try this, you know, I get them to buy in on this. And then, you know, you finally get the result, which is closing the sale, which is them doing well or learning something. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's essentially, yeah, all of the same skills um, just reapplied. And yeah, you obviously were a teacher because you know that a lot of people don't realize that, but, you know, teaching is yeah. sales. Yeah. And then de dealing with the administration. Dealing with yep. the parents, you know, the parents are, you know, that was another thing too. I mean, you know, parents can be tough. Yeah. I mean, luckily I taught in Asia where parents are kind of like whatever the teacher says. <laughs> That's awesome. Goes. And then I would have loved you. Yeah. I, I would have loved you have taught in Asia too. because like the American mothers were bad enough, but it would have been so fun dealing with the Asian mothers. <laughs> yeah. They would just go with whatever you would say. Like it, it was pretty crazy. And then, I mean, there was a language barrier too. So I'd be going in between like Chinese teachers or Korean teachers. Well, actually, no, I only taught adults in Korea. So Chinese teachers, um, so yeah, that was, that was fun, but yeah, I mean, it's all the same skill set, And I think that, you know, a lot of people are scared of things like sales or starting yeah. your own business or marketing themselves. Um, but they're already doing it. Um, in my book, you're already probably <laughs> doing sales, whether you know yeah. it or not, you know, so why not, um, you know, take those skills and use them to, you know, improve your situation and make some money. I mean, instead of just relying on, uh, these institutions that are kind of failing, um, before our very eyes. I totally agree with all that. And, you know, we keep hearing this economy is crashing all around us and all that stuff. But maybe because I live in L.A., I don't feel it as much. <laughs> but I also feel that more than ever, people are diversified on the revenue stream. So there are a lot of people do have that have side hustles, so they don't feel it as much. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the new way of operating. So, you know, I go on the road doing stand up and I have people who love this show and love my other podcasts. And they're always thank you for helping me change the way I'm operating. Help me. You know, I have people come up to me. Hey, man, I'm starting my business. I'm super excited. You got me motivated to do it. What do you think are the biggest obstacles people think in their heads to starting a business? Like, where should they start and what do you think they should focus on? Yeah, well, these days there's so many resources and free tools. I think that that's a good thing and a bad thing. People get bogged down thinking I have to know everything. I have to buy everything. I have to have all these tools. And I would say just keep it way more simple than that. When you're first getting started, what you should be doing is finding one thing that you know you can do, that you want to do, you would feel confident, you know, charging money for, like could be a service, um, probably going to be a service at first. 
And then call people that you know, reach out to people that you actually know first and have them pay you for it and get some money. Like you don't need a website. <laughs> you don't yeah. need like all these tools and all this like tech stack or whatever. Like that's great. Like you can get that, but um, you're not quite there yet until somebody's paid you to do something in my book. You don't even necessarily need, you know, your business license, all this stuff. That's stuff that can come like when you have something that's proven that you know that you can do and people will pay you money for and you have like at least one satisfied customer that you helped, um, then you can work on that. So I think people try to go backwards and think that they need to have, you know, everything all set up first, and then they start the business. <laughs> but that's not how it works. You need to like, you know, make money and, you know, find somebody that wants to pay you and then you have a business. And then that's the rest great. of it is just legal, you know, BS, you know, that's great. Yeah. advice. That's great advice. Like, just keep it simple. I mean, we have no idea how lucky we are just to have this. Yeah. Because if you think about the last, I don't know how many centuries, people started business uh, with nothing. Um, mm -hmm. And that way, I mean, you have a phone. You can do anything. You can, you can do cold anything. Call, you can cold call clients. You don't oh, have yeah. a client, you, you don't have a business. Go down a go down a street, knock on doors, call people. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's really amazing on one end how easy it is to make money today. And on the other end, how, in my opinion, the work ethic has dropped so much because of this. Mm -hmm. uh, people are distracted so easily. And like you said, you don't need a whole lot. You need a two, three simple things to go out mm -hmm. and start generating revenue in anything. Yeah, anything really. And most people have the skills already. Like, I'm sorry if you're on social media all day and you're making videos and you're <laughs> you know, typing tweets and people are engaging. And I don't even care if it's a lot of engagement, but you already have the skills. Like you're already a copywriter. You're already like a videographer, pretty much. You're already a marketer. I mean, you're doing things without even knowing it for free all day long. And it's really just about getting that first person to pay you for it. Um, you know, making them happy. You Not always possible, but hopefully making them happy. They can write you a testimonial and then you get the next one. And then you get referrals and you just go that way. It's really not that complicated. Um, but, you know, I think that's just people have been taught that, um, you know, starting a business is this big endeavor or it's like something crazy. But it's like, no, it's something you could do like one hour a day to get started. Just like try. Think of something and, and set aside that hour and be like, I'm going to try to call some people that I think might need what I can do and see what happens. And then if it's not working after a while, then I'm going to change it up and then I'll try something different. It's that's what everybody does. Like every single, you know, business <laughs> in the yeah. history of ever, you just try it on a small scale. If it works, then you scale up and that's, yeah, that's how it works. So it sounds like you have, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you have a talent acquisition company directed towards engineers in a specific field. Is that kind of what it is or? Yeah, it's not my company. They're actually, um, you know, I actually work for them. Um, so okay. you know, I'm, I'm in contract with them, but that's my main um, gig right now. Essentially, it's half, um, it's like a half technology and half a staffing agency is one way to think about it. So the technology portion is we have an AI that vets um, the coding skills of engineers so that we make sure that they're legit and whatever skills they say they have, they actually do have. Um, so we do that part. And then the staffing agency part is like, first of all, we're able to fill that pipeline with enough engineers around the world and then also find the businesses that need those engineers and get those positions filled. But 
Um, pretty impressive the way that it's done because we can do it really fast, which is what most people say that work with us is that normally it takes them two to three months to fill some of these roles if there's something difficult and we can do it in two to three weeks, you know? So it's, it's really about speed and having something that engineers built for engineers, like, and people that need engineers. So you're going through resumes, you're picking out in your uh, call. No, thank God. I'm not really. <laughs> oh, you don't have to do that. You no, don't have I to find, find out. The businesses. If no, I find the businesses that need engineers and that they already did all the work for me. Like the team already has everybody on our platform. So I don't have to find anybody, um, which is nice. I don't find the engineers that's done for me. I just got to find the businesses and be like, we already have them here. You want these guys? They're oh, you know they're okay. available. All yeah, right. yeah. It's kind of yeah. like I love that. recruiting. I love yeah. that. I love that. That's a that's basically being a conduit to help people find fulfill needs and uh, fill services, which I think is great. And I think that's a big thing when you're trying to also start a business is understanding what is the market out there. Is there a market for what you your skill set? And everybody has skill sets. They really do. And you know, you might want. Hey, I, I would like to do this. That's great, but you might also have a, a skill set that's better for this. And yeah. don't be afraid to fail. I think that's a very big thing. Don't be afraid to fail. We've heard a thousand stories about Kentucky Fried Chicken, Colonel Sanders, <laughs> 99 places turned him down, and then the last one got him. So that this is part of the gig. You just have to start somewhere. And I just want to kind of go back to, again, yeah. the beauty of social media. You know, when I, I'm a stand-up comic, when we would tour, we would have to, you know, these comedy clubs would have to buy newspaper ads, magazine ads, go on radio, and now they don't have to do that anymore. Very rarely do you yeah. see that happen. If they just have a great great social media person and I, it just takes studying the land there's so many youtube videos that can teach you how to use social media correctly how to per, uh how to promote your business and stuff like that and and, and you just got to become ceo of whoever you whoever you are and your life and that's just yeah. how it goes yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there's also the part of that that you mentioned is, you know, you have to have kind of a short term um, plan and a long term plan, in my view, because you need something to keep the lights on. You know, either that's your nine to five or your day job or it's some skill that maybe you don't love doing, but you're good at. You know, I don't like necessarily love, um, you know, SDR work, like making these cold calls and sending all these emails and all that. I'm not like, that's not like my passion, but guess what? Like it keeps the lights on. I'm good at it. It pays the bills. And then you have like your long-term plan. And that's like kind of like my own business and wanting to create these products um, for people that want to be SDRs and like training them and teaching them and coaching. And those types of things are more my passion. Um, and that's my long-term, you know, goal, but you have to have both, I think. So some people think, oh man, well, I just want to do this one thing I'm passionate about, but you know, I'm not going to do it because it'll take too long. And it's like, okay, but you probably have something else <laughs> that won't take too long, right. That you could do right now that maybe you don't love, but it's going to, enable you to do this other thing and maybe that just is your job maybe that works maybe it doesn't maybe that's not the route but you have to kind of think of it as you can do multiple things at once um, as long as you're able to keep that in your head like hey I have this cool thing I'm looking forward to which is when I have x like my you know huge business or my passion project comes through but then I have these other little things that I do that maybe I don't super love but hey people you know pay me money for it I, I love that. I think goals are very important. I think two things I got from that. And, and you know, as a comic, I'm an entertainer. Some some people think you have to starve for your art, right? And you have to be mm. like broke, living 
you know, couch to couch and all that stuff. And I find that just to be complete BS. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with finding a day job, a, a mm-hmm. job that helps you pay your bills while you're working on your bigger plan in your life. I think it's OK. I think this notion it's like all or nothing is just ridiculous to me. And this is as a guy who's yeah. much older and farther along in his journey. And I remember all, I had a day job when I was really early into my comedy and it just made my life so much easier than just uh, just living couch to couch in this weird starvation and all of the pressure I put on getting this my art going that I was trying to rush it because I wanted the bills to be paid instead of just taking it uh, taking it on a uh, you know, a, a slow journey, and let it grow naturally. And the next. Yeah. Thing I, yeah. Go on. Any- no, go ahead. And then I love goals, man. I think goals are super important in life. Uh, small, I do daily goals, intermediate mm. goals, and long-term goals. And I think it's very important. Like I'm in sobriety. I don't, I don't do anything like that. And I know so many people who like kind of clean their life up. And you could apply this starting a business, and they don't really know where they're going. They have this kind of vision. Oh, I want to do this, but they don't have any specific goals that they want to to reach. And I always say it's like you never just get into your car and just drive. You have a destination you want to go to. You know, oh, I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to go get ice cream. I'm going to go watch a movie. You know where you're going. That's kind of what you have to do with your life and your business is like, these are my goals. I want to have this many clients by this time. And sometimes you hit those goals. Or you see like, hey, man, I didn't hit it, but I'm really close. This is a good sign. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's important to like you're saying goals. It's so important to have reachable, attainable goals so that if you don't hit them, you're close. Because I remember working on Wall Street and we had a kid that came in. And the first thing he did is all over his cubicle, he put up posters of high rises in helicopters in private planes. And I said, why do you got those up there? He said, because if I can't see that helicopter, I'm never going to achieve it. And I'm like, pal, no offense or anything, but you got a better chance of like going to the moon than buying a fucking helicopter. And the kid lasted maybe three months because he had, his goals were moronic. It was like, look, why don't you just get yourself 10 clients this month? Don't worry about flying a fucking helicopter. I also don't think there's anything wrong with that. He may not have been perfect for that job, but I think, I think making some simple goals like 10 clients and then having a private helicopter is, is, is I really, I really well. thought how he was about to promote the secret. I thought he was about to be like, you know, and, and that guy's it's now the VP of, of operations. I, I, yeah. but I do believe it. I do believe in manifestation. I do believe in law of attraction and yeah, I think those bit. are very important things to have. I think there are realistic goals as well, but I don't think there's anything wrong. It's free with believing in in um, greatness now, or or really lofty goals. Uh, I also yeah. believe if you know, there's an old saying: "Faith without works is dead." You know, if you don't, if you don't yeah, that's, put that's in the Bible, the work, <laughs> that's not an old saying, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. That's pretty I old. It was the Quran. It is still an old saying, though. I didn't say where. I didn't. I didn't say my grandpa made it up. Uh, I said it is an old saying. Somebody the Bible said, is yeah. old. Some people might say, but what the hell's that saying again? Did you just say what okay. was that? Faith without works is dead. Okay, and that means I don't even know what that means. Okay, Faith without that, works is dead. I'm literally about to just tell you what it means. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it means that if you don't put in the work to attain your goals, 
it's it just it won't happen. You have to, you can't, that was my problem with the secret. They'd be like, I thought about checks and checks would just show up. And I'm like, you're just trying to make the law of attraction look stupid. In my opinion, you're like, that's not how it works. You, you would have say these that. visions and then you have to attack them and work on them. And like, like you said, Heidi, maybe an hour a day, whatever it is, just a little bit towards your goals, your thoughts. Yeah. I think, I think it's great to have both. I mean, I think you can have really big goals, but I think you should use them to kind of reverse engineer them. So like, maybe you want a helicopter. Let's just use a helicopter. Okay. Whatever. Maybe you can't like, buy a helicopter but you can like rent one you know and you can find out how much it would be to take a helicopter lesson or to like fly in one for a day or something and get the amount and then write that amount down and be like cool how many sales do i have to make how many clients do i have to get to get that amount and then go fly in that helicopter and see if i even freaking want it you know so yeah. i think that you can do that type of a thing and that can be really motivating because then you know you're working towards something that's exciting but then you have to know the numbers too you have to get like how much does that like thing cost you can't just stare at it you got to be like how much does that cost what did that person have to do to get it can i talk to somebody that has a helicopter and be like how'd you get your <laughs> helicopter you know and like what did you do specifically like exactly to get it um so these are the types of things that you you can do and if it excites you if it's like a car or whatever a helicopter a motorcycle whatever you like um then yeah find out how much it costs find out what that person did to get theirs and reverse engineer it for your life and be like oh okay so then i only have to make uh 50 calls a day um you know you find out to get that in a year or something like whatever it is and then now you have something that you're working towards so now when that hour comes every day you're like cool i can make these 50 calls because I know that like, you know, these numbers will work out and I'll be able to get X, Y, Z when it gets to the end of it. So I think you can do both and you can visualize and then you, but you have to have the numbers too and reverse well, engineer what you need to do. To get a helicopter, you'd probably have to make more like 50,000 calls a day, find out who the maintenance guy is <laughs> on the helicopter. Because if you know anything about helicopters, when the hydraulics go down, the helicopters usually end up in the Hudson River. They're not the safety things. It's just the kid had one on. It really that's long, man. Okay. Maybe a small airplane. Okay, maybe we shouldn't be dreaming of helicopters. Think about something else, a puppy or something. Well, I don't know. You could go on a helicopter ride in Vegas for like a few hundred bucks, I think. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, let's I want to talk about business development and prospecting. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's what I do day in and day out. So, I think that the top of the funnel is probably one of the most important things in business. And if you know how to generate leads and, you know, book meetings with your ideal prospects, then you're pretty much golden, I think, and anything you would ever want to do. Talk to us about generating leads, because in my yeah. opinion, that is the most important thing yeah. of starting any business. So tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, there's so many different tools. Um, it really depends on your business and what your offering is. But I use mostly social selling, um, emails and calls and a combination of all three. Um, you have to use like multiple channels normally, but I find LinkedIn um, to be an amazing tool, especially if you have um, LinkedIn sales navigator um, can give you an edge as well. But even just normal LinkedIn um, is still super powerful. And um, I think the hardest part is normally like data quality if you're making calls. So that can be super expensive. Um, but you can get around that by using social selling um, and email as well. Um, you say you data calls super expensive. That means buying a specific list. 
Yeah, or just having access to business to business leads like phone numbers um, can be very expensive. I mean, not just like the corporate line, but I mean, direct lines or mobile numbers of the people that you want to reach. Um, so that can get pricey. Um, I mean, it depends on what you mean by pricey, I guess, and it depends on what you're selling and who you're trying to reach. Um, but uh, yeah, so multiple channels um, is seems to be the best thing that works and using some sort of um, sequencing tool um, to keep yourself organized, whether you're actually automating parts of this process or not, um, you need some way to stay organized. So you need to be able to put your lead into a sequence, into a cadence and be like, I'm going to call them this many times. I'm going to send them this many emails and I'm able to see my tasks and log in because that's one of the hardest things about prospecting is keeping everything organized and following up and making sure that you're or something like that. Um, currently I don't have Salesforce. I'm using outreach as my sequencing or prospecting tool. Um, so to send my emails, keep my tasks organized, uh, make calls and log them. And I also use a dialer, um, as well to make, um, more calls than I could manually. And I also am using some other social selling tools, um, as well. Um, one of them that I really like is Dripify, um, for LinkedIn. You're able to um find like a list of let's say I, I mean I reach out to tech guys so let's say it's like CTOs um in my network that are maybe second level connections I'm able to have that list put them into a sequence and it'll essentially automate the process of me reaching out to all of them I'll be able to um like their posts follow them try to connect with them send them a message and um eventually fill my pipeline with my ideal prospects that I already know or that my friend knows so there's lots of tools, I think, these days that can make um, a lot of this a lot easier. But when it comes down to it, you know, obviously, you still have to use your brain. And the most important prospecting tool, I think, is, you know, in between your ears, you're going to have to know who to reach out to, um, what to say to them, you know, how to make it not generic, how to, you know, know who the heck that person is and what they want, and what they care about and make it hyper relevant to them and whatever they're dealing with so that you can, you know, express that you can help them. I have one last question. You're, I mean, everything you're saying, people that are starting a business, they should really listen to you because uh, you're you're mentioning one thing that a lot of people tell me it's a lost art, and you're talking about automated calling. I mean, I remember making 500 calls a day, sometimes using two phones. Um, mm -hmm. But is cold calling a lost art, and do you think it still has benefits? Oh, yeah. It definitely still has benefits. Um, I would just say maybe it's not the best way for everyone. I do know a lot of SDRs that are just killer at emails or killer at social selling. And for them to cold call might actually be like a waste of time for them. They might need a warm call. They might need to call somebody after they've had a conversation or after they've sent an email and they've looked at it or after something else has happened. Um, and then that can kind of warm that up and make it a little bit easier for them. I think that to be really like a savage at cold calling is, eh, I think it takes a rare breed um, to be able to do that day in and day out. Um, can anybody do it? Yeah. Um, can you get better at it? Sure. Um, do you mentally like want to do that day in and day out? I would say most people don't. Most people eventually are going to want to move away from that. You know, they either want to hire someone else to do it at some point or they want to uh, figure out a way to, to scale it. So I think that dialing tools like dialers, power dialers, parallel dialers can really, um, you know, make that learning curve, uh, you know, a lot better for a lot of people. They can get more conversations quicker because that's one of those brutal things 
about cold calling is just not getting through to anybody and being yeah. like, shit, I made like 200 calls today and I only talked to two people. That's brutal. Yeah. That's You're not going to want to do that forever. But if you have a power dialer, you have some technology backing you up and you can get that conversation up like to 20 conversations in that day, um, then suddenly you can get way better. You know, you start having some wins and you start being like, this does work. Um, and my skills are improving. And I think that, yeah, using technology is key these days to really just speed it up. I mean, we don't need to manually dial anymore. Yeah, I used to make like 500 calls. I would talk to 50 people and out of the 500 calls, five would be semi-interested. Um, but I mean, yeah, to cold call, like, yeah. <laughs> cold call yeah. like you said, you, you really have to be, it helps if you're dead inside. <laughs> and also it really helped my relationship with Jack Daniels. We became super oh, tight. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. 10 in the morning till five, those two things. And you could be a hell of a cold caller. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't brutal. drink though. If you are trying to start your business, I would, uh, I, would, I think <laughs> drinking probably doesn't help. Both in like sales. Yeah. It's pretty hard to not drink when you're in sales. But so, yeah. um, <laughs> one thing I want as we wrap it up, cause we don't want to keep you all day is that I I'm somebody who has had blessings in a different forms of, I do stand up. I, I know I said that five times, but there's different aspects of that. Uh, one thing is I run a very popular uh, live show in Los Angeles. And one thing that I've practiced in my life is abundance. And that is giving it away. And, you know, I, I think we've all ran into businesses or landlords or people that practice scarcity, uh, this notion that there's only so many resources, you have to cut corners everywhere on everything. That's the way you make money. I don't know. I don't believe that at all. I think the more you give out, the more love, the more you hire people, the more you help people, the more your businesses thrive, the more you help your employees. They, they love you. They run through brick walls for you. What are your whole thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I'm totally a fan of abundance. I think that a scarcity mindset is just miserable. I mean, whether it like works or not, I mean, I think in the long run, like, you know, being miserable doesn't work. So I think that being abundant and seeing, you know, the positive things and giving um, more than you expect to get will always get you more um, on the long run. I mean, if you're constantly I've been poor, you know, I've been like totally broke and you're in scarcity mindset, right? So everything becomes so stressful, right? And so like important, like any little thing that goes wrong is like the worst thing ever when you're in scarcity. And it could just ruin your whole life. But when you're not there anymore, you know, when you get to like a certain basic level of like comfort and you can give and you feel that way, then everything just starts coming back to you. I think tenfold. I, I really do. I think that the more you're able to be generous, the better it is. And sometimes when I'm struggling, I'll just do something, you know, just to be generous. Like I'll just give somebody some money. I'll call somebody and be like, what can I help you with? And then suddenly like, oh, guess what? Everything that I want to do for me that's selfish starts working out. Um, so much better because I just, I, you know, have that law basically of abundance that you're just like, there's enough for everybody. It's not a zero sum game here. Like everybody can win. Everybody I'm working with can win. All my clients can win. All my competition can win too. It doesn't matter. Like everybody's, everybody's here and there's tons of opportunity. Well, competition, in my opinion, helps your business. The more True. competitors out there, the better you're going to do because oh, yeah. it's, it's a business in need. But no, I agree with both of you guys on on all that. You, it's 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 a karma thing, dog. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Heidi, one more time, where where can they find you? What your your website, your social media, anything at all? 
Yeah, I mean, Heidi Briones, uh, you know, on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn if you like that kind of thing. It's the same thing, uh, my first and last name. Um, you know, the company I work at right now is insquad.com. Feel free to check them out. And if you, you know, do need engineers or developers, you're building software, um, let me know. Happy to help build that team for you. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I think you can find everything there. I got a newsletter and other things, but if you go to the Twitter, you'll find it all. Well, we appreciate you coming on our show. It means a lot. You were great. And uh, I love your Twitter. So definitely <laughs> check out her Twitter. She's great. Thank you, Heidi, for coming on. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it, Sam. Thanks, Howie. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Take care. If you're anything like us at Cash Daddies, you have a certain tendency to put things off until the very last minute. Sam hasn't been to the dentist in seven years. And while most of the time that works out, the one thing in life you really can't afford to wait on is setting up term coverage life insurance. You've probably seen life insurance commercials on TV and thought, yeah, I'll look into that later. No. This isn't something you can wait on. Choose life insurance through Ladder today. Ladder is 100% digital. That means no doctors, no needles, no paperwork when you apply for $3 million in coverage or less. You just answer a few questions about your health in an application. Ladder's customers rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and they made Forbes' best life insurance list for 2021. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. No hidden fees. Cancel any time. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long, proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A and A-plus by AM Best. Finally, since life insurance costs more as you age, now's the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com slash cash today to see if you're instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash cash, ladderlife.com slash cash. Thank you, Heidi. That was awesome. And, uh, you know, our guests have been fire lately and it's only getting better. She was uh, great. I love that she, she's very funny and I, enjo I enjoyed knuckle dragger Howie and super progressive Heidi having fun conversations about Brave uh, I'm lost. the progressive one, pal. Brave's lost. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so sad. Brave's lost. Uh, you want to do questions? Let's do some questions. All right. Uh, this is from Invisible Voice. In the early days of Cash Daddies, you guys talked about uh, GMBL, that esports thing. It's now at 11 cents. Would you buy it? TD, um, TD Ameritrade has it. Uh, has special margin requirements for it. Uh, what are the I risks would, if it goes to zero, he says? I wouldn't buy it. guy that used to be on the show was the one that pushed it. But no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy it. Okay, uh, Daniel Ibarra asks, "How low can BlackRock go?" Keep I'll tell you going. what, it took took a beat down today because a lot of those uh, a lot of those Republicans. I want to say they pulled cut what couple billion dollars out of there because yeah, of man. the. Uh, and I hope that's the beginning of a lot of stuff. And uh, BlackRock is behind a lot of the problems we have in this country right now, and people need to understand. I could easily see them throwing Larry Fink under the bus. As as the bad guy to try to get everybody to get off it, but I'm happy somebody. Yeah, I think some some group in Louisiana pulled like seven hundred million dollars out of their um their portfolio. So I'm very excited about it and uh, keep going. Right on. I'll tell okay. you what. While we while you're on that subject, I I did a show about a week and a half ago in New York City, and I I ran to this girl after, 
and she works for Blackstone. And I'm like, you work for Blackstone? So we got we start, we got talking. And I said, you guys, you guys own a lot of stuff. And she looked at me real close and she goes, you have no idea what we own. <laughs> I swear to God. She goes, you have no. She goes, Blackstone, we own a lot Black more than Rock, Black, Black, Black Cube. Blackstone. Blackstone. She goes, she goes, we own a lot more than you think. Yeah. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, dude. She's probably a fucking lizard person. <laughs> Over on Instagram, uh, Mikey asks, uh, Howie, do you think that pensions are a Ponzi scheme? I know that they aren't that popular in the States, but in the UK, they have become mandatory for every employee. No, they're very popular in the States. Every single teacher, fireman, policeman. That's um, pretty much uh, why you do those jobs. Carpentry. Uh, no, I mean, there's a lot of different truckers, uh, a lot of different unions with pensions in the United States. Uh, look, they, there needs to be somebody watching. There needs to be checks and balances because, look, if you know anything about the uh, 50s and 60s, even 70s in the United States, you had a, a little entity, which I don't want to get into, that had a lot of control over these pensions uh, and uh, organized crime and uh, a lot of them didn't have the amount that they thought they had in them. But I think if they're properly run, if they're, you know, if you have good investment advisors running them, pensions are great. I mean, well, you know, if they do that seven, eight, nine percent every year, like the market does, you're in good shape. But no, they they do have problems in England right now. Jesus, that's bringing in the Bank of England. Speaking of. uh BlackRock. Uh, did you guys see, I, Sam, I wanted to see if you saw this about Louisiana's treasurer divesting almost $800 million yeah, of state funds from BlackRock. Said. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's I also great. Okay. I, I want Hold more. On. I hope people get the balls enough to do it. A lot of people. Oh, I've lost my screen here. Hold on. I'm going to have to cut this out. Hold on. I lost my screen. All Just right. a second. I wonder what my neighbors would do if I just ran into that lake lake naked right now. <laughs> um, okay. Thinking about doing it. Uh, let's see. Why isn't this loading? All right. MX Joey asks, Sam, I know you're big on XRP, as am I. Have you looked into Sologenic on the XRP ledger? They will be tokenizing stocks and ETFs and working with NASDAQ. It's going to the moon, he says. Already starting to pump the word is getting out. Have you heard of that? Sologenic. It's tokenizing not, stocks I'm and ETFs. You, man. I'm really holding off on crypto right now. I'm not going to buy any crypto <laughs> right now until my Celsius position gets fixed. Okay. All right. There's some news on that this week, too, there. Uh, gonna have an independent uh what would you say like an independent advisor come in and just kind of give a fair accounting of everything is kind of the next step in this it's something that the judge asked for what what was she calling it an independent review is what the judge has called it judge Probably martin audit. Glenn. independent how, audit how deep do you think in a hole they are uh, oh, over God. a billion yeah we know that yeah isn't there some rich dude that can just come save all of us if there was if there, if a, if somebody thought that there was was value, um, I think yeah it would. But you know, if the reputation, or if they think this was a Ponzi, whew, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, and then we saw Mashinsky took out another million dollars. He cashed out more Celsius uh, coin. That should be illegal. How is he allowed yeah, to do I, this? He take it out, and I can't. 
he I mean he had it on his own wallet, I guess, and he 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 withdrew it. Um oh, this is this is this is what uh the actual news was. At Celsius's bankruptcy bankruptcy hearing Friday, Glenn, that's the judge, asked recently appointed independent examiner Shoba Palay, partner at Chicago-based law firm Jenner and Block to deliver an interim report that will help the process of settling crypto lenders' debts. And the big thing at issue here, Sam, is how they're going to treat withhold accounts and custody accounts versus the other accounts. So that's one of the big things they're they're coming at this about. Uh, that's the main reason for this. So it's, it's going to be interesting. This thing's going to take forever, though. We're looking at years. I mean, just years. It's such a drag. Uh, one more question from Mikey. Uh can you each give a percentage chance on whether one of the following will occur within the next five years? It's a long question. Major food shortages being one, two, a run on the bank, three, a bail-in bank scenario, uh, four, a carbon tax, which to me, that's number one with a bullet right there, yeah. uh, five, cash becoming obsolete in favor of digital, and six, World War Three. To me, four is by far the number one yeah, most carbon. likely. That's there, a carbon tax. There'll be a, yeah, there'll be a tax, I'm sure. Bull bullshit. I, what do you I, think? I, I, Would you think any of those other things are likely? Food, Major food shortages, run on banks, bail-in bank scenarios? Anything's possible. Yeah, I, I mean, think, any of those are possible. I don't think I it's think, probable, um, I think food shortages, they've been talking about supply chains forever, but I think a lot of that is is just the jack your louche. Um, I think World War Three is, I mean, I think Johnny, I, I think they get, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to believe any of them are going to happen. So, but I always prepare like they're all going to happen. Right, like I'm constantly getting. I'm buying gold. I'm learning to kill with my hands. I'm trying to get a car that'll drive over a lot of shit. I got to get a mo a fucking dirt bike. I'm working on all of it, dude. Do you know how to ride a dirt bike? Barely, but I'm gonna work on it. I, you know what? This is really embarrassing, but I've never. I rode a three wheeler naked when I was 18 years old at a at a graduation party, but I've never I've never driven a motorcycle in my life. Three wheelers illegal now. Remember that? Yeah. They outlaw those things in the eighties. Oh, 80s. believe me, that thing was dangerous as hell. I almost lost both testicles. Flip right over, dude. Those things flip right over. I remember we used yeah. to have one. Yep. Uh all right. That's it, guys, for the questions. Take it over to Patreon, Sam. I take it to Patreon. Guys, we're giving you more bang for your buck. Oh, how you want to give us your pick, how Oh, my pick of the week? Yeah. I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to do it. And, and guys, you can thank me later. Uh, I haven't felt more strongly about this in a long time, but by the hell out of Uber. Uber is down and it shouldn't be down. And I love the valuation on it right now. Uber is the best buy of the year. Guys, go to samtriply.com. Check out my live dates. Get on my email list, samtriplee.com. I'll see you at Skankfest. Then I'll also be in Kansas City a couple weeks after that. Oh, we got humongous uh, Comedy Chaos next Wednesday. Nikki Glazer, Burt Kreischer, Craig Robinson, Jessime Peluso, Mo Amir, Wendy Cummings, and a little comic named Sam Tripoli. Yeah. Wow.